is gold headed for a straight line upwards? Well, here are all the possible scenarios in which this bull case may not hold. Lobo Tigre of the Independent Speculator is back, and he is talking to us about a potential bear case for gold. Lobo, welcome back. You and I have spoken several times before, and I remember asking you this question, what could possibly drive gold lower? And that's the focus of our discussion today. You're going to elaborate on that question. Now, before we continue, I'd just like to preface this by saying you're not, you're not actually recommending people to sell gold, are you? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, it's funny that you bring it up because we, we've brought this into our conversation several times over recent months. And when we talked when gold was above 2000, I, as I always do, I look at the upside and the downside. I want to have a balanced view. And boy, do we get hate mail. People were like, this idiot, he's talking about selling gold when it's at 2000. Well, you know what? It's not at 2000 anymore. And I wasn't talking about selling gold. I was talking about um, maybe some profit taking or at the very least locking in your profits I have a strategy I call the upside maximizer, free report on my website for anybody interested. But the point wasn't sell gold or turn bearish gold. The point was don't close your eyes, look at the data, see what's happening now. And that's um, given your prompting in our last interview, what I want to talk about today. Right, uh, let's let, set us up here. What's, your, uh, what's the thesis for your, for your bear case? Right, so the core idea here is something that came to my mind when you asked about it last time. And that is, we were actually talking about the vaccine and the virus news and how, you know, that seemed, the good news there seemed to be a headwind for gold. And I was arguing that really the vaccine news is irrelevant. Gold was on an upward path before anybody even heard of COVID-19. And, you know, that, that coming and going of that tailwind really was just a distraction. Uh, but it occurred to me that there's more to it than that. And so the thesis is, that's still true. And if you look at a chart of gold prices in recent years, specifically since the Powell pivot, because I do see this as a monetary phenomenon. So you look at the gold since late 2018, and it's been a volatile upward climb, but it's actually been a pretty straight line. And then in 2020, you see this big bump above the line, uh, clearly a response to the COVID situation. Uh, but the line is there anyway. And if you follow that line, you just lop off that COVID lump, we would still be at gold prices near where we are today. We wouldn't have reached $2,000 an ounce yet, but we would be headed in that direction without COVID-19. So here's what's different. COVID-19 did happen and it brought on easier money faster. Like the Fed was already uh, rethinking raising interest rates before COVID-19, but then COVID hits and boom, right? They, their rates go straight to zero. They don't work their way down, they just go off a cliff. And then of course, Congress steps in with fiscal uh, stimulus, um, free money, and, and gold responds, you know, responds with gusto. So gold was on its way upward anyway without COVID-19, but the response, the government response to COVID-19 brought forward a lot of the monetary and fiscal policy that we might've been looking for to take place over the next few years even. I mean, we're talking trillions already, maybe trillions more before this month is out. And that would have happened anyway, I think over time, but it happened all in 2020. So if you brought all that gold, uh, pro-gold uh, factor forward, monetary and fiscal policy forward, what happens afterwards, right? That's the bear case. So if, it, if a lot of the bull factors for gold were brought forward, we could potentially see gold lag for some months, maybe even years, 
if it if it takes that long for uh, monetary and fiscal policy uh, to take off again I, in the post-COVID world. I'm not sure I follow, though, but are you saying that the uh, factors driving gold up this year were too artificial? The, 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 the run-up was too quick? It happened yes. too quickly? Yes. Yes. Like that, that bump on that chart okay. above right. the, the multi-year trend was artificial. And, and this is real, and it's relevant right now. Right now, as you and I are speaking, uh, the U.S. Uh, Congress is working towards this compromise bill. We're looking at plus or minus a trillion dollars in new stimulus. And that really made gold put a U-turn and come back up again, heading uh, you know back towards 1900 as you and I speak. Yeah, okay. that was not the case before the stimulus. So you can see the response to government policy in the gold price. What's wrong with artificial stimulus, though? What's wrong? I mean, that's the core. That's the core argument behind MMT, isn't it? You get artificial stimulus, but I mean, investors don't care. They're 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 seeing gains. The gains are real. It doesn't matter if the stimulus is artificial with the drivers. You know, the bank sure. account up. You know, that that's real. <laughs> No, I, I wouldn't argue. As, as a person who speculates on gold-related uh, equities, uh, there's nothing wrong at all. You know, bring on more artificial stimulus. Gold prices go nuts higher. I'll make a bunch of money. Um, as a person who lives in these United States, I think that's disastrous economic policy, and it will have all kinds of negative fallout down the road. So as, as a human being, I think it's the wrong thing to do. As a gold speculator, uh, I, I think it's it's very good news. But sorry, just real quick, the what's wrong with it though for us is specifically to this bear case I'm making is that it brings forward more wrong policy that might have happened over the next few years. If that's been all crammed into 2020, we might see less artificial uh, stimulus going forward, and that could be a real headwind for gold. Yeah, that was my next question. You wrote in an op-ed that you think, I'm just gonna quote this here, a major reversal of monetary and fiscal policy of post-COVID pivot would be bearish for monetary metals, possibly for years. How likely is this pivot? How likely is this reversal of monetary and fiscal policies? Well, it still may depend on the outcome of the elections in the US and particularly what happens with the Senate and whether the Senate can be a break on the uh, a presumed Biden-Harris administration. That does, usually politics is kind of, you know, either side bothers me. I don't like either, either party. But in this case, I do think it makes a, a potentially very large difference to investors, how that plays out in the weeks ahead. Um, but to your question, if, um, you know, as the perception that, you know, COVID has been defeated, it's happy, happy, joy, joy again, I think we can expect a great deal of pent up demand for travel, holidays, you know, other things that have been put on hold all sure. year in 2020 to come forward. So you could see a real surge in measurable economic activity that could make everybody think, oh, things are great. We've we've beaten the virus. And this is sarcasm for the sarcasm impaired out there. We've beaten the virus. So um, it's time to go out and spend tons of money. If the public reacts in this way, their public servants may say, oh, well, we don't need any more uh, commodity monetary policy. We don't need any more fiscal stimulus because the economy's recovered, we're doing great. So you could see that pivot. I'm not predicting this. I'm not saying this will happen. I'm uh, defining my bare case. If the post COVID rebound is so sharp and everything looks so rosy, you know, why would, the, why would you need to keep uh, the easy money spigots uh, stuck on the on position. Okay. 
you've also mentioned something important in your op-ed, which is real interest rates. Again, an important driver for gold. You wrote that uh, real interest rates are likely to stay low, which is seriously going to uh, hamper the possibility of this bear case from coming into fruition. Why would real interest rates stay low? If, if you're talking about an economic recovery, wouldn't rates go up? Again, going back to this pivot. Sure, uh, they could. Uh, I think Congress is more likely to pivot than the Fed, or at least faster. The Fed should be the more level-headed, more steady as she goes. And the Fed has signaled, you know, we're not even thinking about thinking about raising rates for a long time. And they have repeatedly said, you know, probably not for years. So if suddenly the Fed starts saying, oh, you know what, you know, mid-2021, maybe we should start thinking about raising or thinking about thinking about raising rates. Uh, I think that sends a very scary signal. I think that they would be concerned about torpedoing the recovery themselves. So I think it's very unlikely that the Fed would move too quickly to raise rates. Now, Congress is another thing. They could just, you know, th there's already disagreement uh, in that house or those houses about how to proceed. So if the perception is, oh, we beat COVID, we don't need any more free uh, handouts and easy money, I could see the Congress uh, closing those spigots more quickly. But I, I don't expect that from the Fed. I, I guess it depends how you measure real interest rates, what you, what you put into that uh, measurement, right? Because, I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, Lobo, but I don't think the bond markets really need the Federal Reserve to raise the Fed funds rate. I mean, the long end of the 10-year, 30-year Treasury curve, that could go up if the economy is anticipated to improve. Am I right? Sure. You know, I've been thinking about that too. And if, you know, if the Fed leaves rates the same, however, and inflation does start kicking up, then real rates will be dropping. And so you could even say that the Fed should then be prompted to raise rates to keep you know, real rates at a more steady level. And that you know, would be interesting if they were to do that. Uh, but my thesis, again, is just that I think that would send all the wrong signals. They would be very cautious about changing their tone. I'm not saying it won't happen. I'm just saying I don't think it'll happen quick. I, I think it will be late 2021 before they change what they're thinking about thinking about. Let, let me give you my, my bear case. Let's see if you agree with me. I have two, actually, just to add to what you're saying. The first one is that um, going by your, your judgment on the economic recovery, let's say we do see an improvement next year, people will be flocking to industrial metals. So platinum, copper, silver as well, if you want to consider silver an industrial metal. And uh, that capital flowing into those metals will take money out of gold. Do you see that happening? No, I do see okay, then. the <laughs> I do see the increased interest in industrial metals. And in fact, we're seeing that already. Like I'm I'm concerned about shutdowns this winter whacking industrial metals, and that's why I haven't gone in that space. But the prices are going. I mean, we've seen seven-year highs in copper and iron. You know, zinc is doing great again. The the suite as a whole, not without exceptions, but the suite as a whole of industrial minerals is headed upwards again, and you know, that's really interesting. But here's the thing. Overall, if you look at the big picture, even though we like to, we gold bugs, uh, like to think of the monetary metals as being different from other commodities, they do tend to correlate most of the time. In fact, the correlations are very high if you look at the big picture uh, on the order of 80, 90%. So an overall bull turn in the commodity super cycle is actually bullish for gold and silver as well as other metals. They do okay. tend generally to move together. And, and it makes sense. I mean, if you've got the economy booming, inflation rising, 
Uh, people got more money in their pockets. Certainly people in China and India who have more money in their pockets will buy more gold. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, the commodity supercycle in just a bit. My second bear case goes back to your uh, thesis about vaccines not being relevant. Well, I let, let me let me um, posit a counter argument to that. As we've seen in November several times when Pfizer, Moderna have uh, announced their vaccines being effective, the market, well, the, in particular, the gold market, really didn't like that news. Uh, so I understand where you're coming from in the sense that the, the bigger macro drivers for gold are still relevant, even without a vaccine being prevalent. But as we've seen in the last month, vaccine news, are, are, they're, they're, they're real in terms of their effects on gold prices, even for a day or two. Yes, I, I don't disagree with that at all. I would say two things. One is uh, the fact that something is a mistake, a delusion, doesn't mean it can't be a very popular delusion, right. and that has an impact on prices. But remember that the at least my thesis is, and if you go to that chart, I think the data backs it up, right, is that bump, that COVID bump on top of an underlying trend was a tailwind. The disappearance of a tailwind can feel like a headwind for a while. It might look like it for a while. But as long as fundamentals don't change, it really is a distraction. Okay. Uh, the other thing is, is how much how much vaccine news can there be? Right. We've got three of them now. Ninety percent plus effectiveness and all this. And please don't send me hate mail about the medical facts here. I'm not a doctor, and I'm talk, not talking about the medical facts. I thought I'm you enjoyed the an hate investor, mail, Lobo. As as an investor, right? I'm saying look at this news and the impact, just as you're saying, David. Look at the news and its impact. You know, how many more great vaccines can we have? How many do we need before, you know, it becomes ho-hum? I suspect that a lot of the, um, a lot of the, uh, the body blows from the vaccine news, I think we've, we've, we've felt those already. I doubt, you know, a fourth or a fifth or a 10th vaccine yeah. will really change much. Okay. Uh, let's talk about the first chart again. You mentioned uh, commodity super cycle. So let me, let me ask you this. Had we not had COVID this year, where do you think gold would have ended up given where it was already in this super cycle? Well, according to that chart, we'd be looking at about 1900 now. So not too far from where we are, actually. Uh, the chart is a few days old. So, and, you, and so you're saying back. COVID had only a $100 impact on gold? Well, no, because at the time we were lower down. So it was like a $200 impact, perhaps. I, I don't have that off the top of my head, right. but we were starting at a lower point earlier this year. Yeah, um, it, it just seems to me like you feel like that COVID really didn't really matter that much for gold. Well, but it, it didn't, but it did in the sense that it did take gold to a new nominal all-time high. Like, I think the, the trend was there anyway. But when you have that kind of headline, when you have, uh, you know, mainstream analysts, you've got Bank of America and even the wrong way Corrigan's at Goldman Sachs suddenly liking gold, you know, that does impact the investment environment and it impacts demand. Uh, and then on top of that, you've got, uh, you know, the, the big move from Berkshire Hathaway. Don't want to get distracted, you know, on that. Uh, and I don't think, by the way, that, that was moved by all-time highs uh, in gold. I think that was just somebody at Berkshire, not Warren, saying, hey, this business is making money and it's relatively on sale. Offline, you were giving me another bear case, which is the possibility of central bank selling. Can you walk us through that? Well, first of all, central banks have not really been actively buying this year, except for a few. And... Uh, that hasn't really had much of a negative impact on gold. So walk us through why this is relevant. Well, I, I don't know where this is really coming from. I suspect some one of my peers, my esteemed peers, wrote an article that scared a lot of investors. And so I've had questions about it. It's 
not my uh, it's not my thesis, but there's somebody out there who's saying that particularly countries like Russia that have been accumulating gold as they feel the squeeze of sanctions and so on, that they might start selling gold. And as a substantial gold holder like Russia, if they were to liquidate a fair amount of their gold holdings, uh, you know, just for budget reasons, same way anybody else would dip into their savings, could be very bearish for gold. It could uh, provide another headwind. Uh, I, I'm not convinced that this will happen. I suspect that they have very good reasons to want to hold on to that for the future. And even if it does, one, these are transient things. And two, in the past, we've seen cases like this where you know, people were really panicking about, I remember the IMF about 15 years ago was gonna sell 400 tons of gold and people were saying, ah, oh, this is it, it's the end, it's gonna crash everything. It was a total non-event. The market swallowed it up almost whole. Um, so I think the overall trend is actually still the central bankers are more buyers than sellers. They yeah. haven't been pumping. And if they, if they did, uh, I think that would signal a, a big change that we haven't seen yet. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I don't even know how much, uh, whether or not their holdings, the central bank holdings would be sufficient to move the markets. Let's, let, let's suppose every central bank in the world were to dump their gold to zero. Would that have a significant market impact? Yes, I think it would. There's, okay. There is, well, at least supposedly, I do think the, the Russians have probably the gold they, they say they have. The Chinese probably have a lot more gold than they say they have. You know, the big question, Marcus, does the U.S. actually have any of the gold they say they have at Fort Knox? They won't let anybody look. Sure. They won't audit it. Uh, they say it's unimportant. We only have it for traditional reasons. Okay. Um, but you know what? In recent times, Canada went to zero. Uh, go figure, right? That yeah. had no impact or no okay. lasting impact. Yeah. Tying this all together now, Lobo, I know you hate giving forecasts, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Suppose this bear case were to happen. Well, first of all, two-part question. What is the likelihood, the estimated likelihood of such a bear case from happening? And should it happen, how low could go get? Right. Okay. So part one, you're right. I don't like putting a number on something like that. But I think it's important enough. It's significant enough. The odds are good enough that this is worth talking about. It's certainly worth thinking about. It's sure. worth preparing for in case it happens. I wouldn't give it 50-50, probably not even 40-60. I don't think it's likely. I, I do think the monetary and fiscal writing is on the wall. Everybody sees it. And we're likely to see more uh, stimulus, not less. And that's very bullish. Um, but this pull forward could could really affect things next year. And, and we just can't risk ignoring that. Is it more than 10%? Probably more than 20%. Not sure. More than 20, less than 40, sure. somewhere right. in there. So I think, I think it's bullish. a real real shot, but it's not something that keeps me up at night. It is something I think is worth thinking about. So question number two, how low could it go? Uh, here's the scary thing is it could go quite low. If, if you look at the big correction in the middle of the 1970s bull market, that was on the order of 50%. If you look at the big correction, if you want to call it that, the bear market that we suffered since 2011, that was on the order of 50%, not quite. So if you had a, a multi-year bear, uh, you know, a 50% retracement mm -hmm. could take us all the way down to 1K plus gold. I do not expect this. I'm not forecasting that. No, I, I, I just think it's, it's um, irresponsible to ignore the possibility. I think a more likely correction, easily down to 17, 1600, I think maybe the 1500 level 
is a more like if, if, if the bull really sets in, I, I think 1500 is plus or minus 100 bucks, the kind of range I would expect a serious correction to take us to. So Lobo, final question. Uh, I know you're actually more bullish long term. Uh, this is just a scenario you're looking at, but as, as a gold bug, a self-proclaimed gold bug, why would you even bother looking at a bear case? What's in it for you? Well, you don't want to be dogmatic. You don't want to be so convinced you're right that you ignore data that says you might be wrong. And I think this data of fiscal and monetary policy having been pulled forward into 2020, I think that's real. I think it's pertinent, especially for people who see gold and silver as monetary metals. This is monetary policy. It is relevant. And it has been accelerated and exaggerated in 2020, and that matters. You, you just you can't sail a ship with your eyes closed. You have to look at the changing weather conditions, whatever's happening, you have to look at the data. No, I'm not a bear. I'm just saying I don't want to be a blind bull. Mm -hmm. And if things turn south, they could turn south sharply, strongly. And therefore, please, 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 you know, don't leave all your risk on. Don't don't assume I could never be wrong. We, many of us thought that in 2011, right? It, all the fundamentals are on our side. It's got to keep going up. Well, guess what? It didn't. That could happen again. And, you know, please, if you don't use my upside maximizer strategy, do your own version of taking profits judiciously. Don't sell all your gold, but make sure that your big wins that you've had this year do not slip through your fingers. Perfect. That's what I'm Okay. Lobo, thanks for that. And uh, I look forward to following up with you. You too, David. Thanks. Thank you for watching. I'm David Lynn.